Support for today's Heat Treat Radio episode is provided by Seca Warwick Group. Count on Seca Warwick Group for the best technology for your thermal processing applications. And welcome to Heat Treat Radio. Whether you're listening to us or tuning in via video on heattreattoday.com forward slash radio, we're glad to have you. Today, we get to hear from the three managing directors leading the heat treat and metallurgical solution front at Seco Warwick's North American companies. Earl Good at Retech, Marcus Lord at Seco Warwick, and Peter Zawistowski at Seco Vacuum. Join Doug Glenn, host of this podcast and Heat Treat Today founder and publisher, to talk about what each of these three companies uniquely offer to the North American heat treat and metallurgical markets. Let's take a listen. Well, welcome everyone back for another uh, special episode of Heat Treat Radio. Uh, I've got the great privilege today of talking with the the three managing directors from the Seco Warwick organization. Uh, so, gentlemen, first off, welcome. I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce each of you briefly, and then ask you to also tell uh, our audience a little bit about yourselves. So, I want to start with uh, uh, Peter Zawistowski who is the managing director of Seco Vacuum Technologies, actually one of the newer companies of, uh, of the Seco Warwick Group. So Peter is here, Seco Vacuum Technologies. Then we have Marcus Lord, uh, who is the managing director of Seco Warwick Corporation, which is uh, in both of those two companies are currently located in Meadville, Pennsylvania, Western Pennsylvania. And then Earl Good, who is the managing director of Retech Systems, uh, located up in uh, the Buffalo area? So, gentlemen, first off, welcome. Glad to have you here. And Earl, if you don't mind, I'm going to start with you and work backwards and just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sounds good. All right, I've been with uh, Retech. It'll be six years in April. Uh, time has flown by fast. There have been uh, certainly some interesting developments with Retech over the years. Uh, you know, we relocated the business from Ukiah, California into Buffalo, New York. Uh, we originally had an office uh, in Main Street in Williamsville in uh, 2018. And then we found a new facility here that allows us to do uh, manufacturing and assembly as well as uh, office space. Uh, we have about 40,000 feet for manufacturing and assembly, uh, 10,000 square foot office space. And we're actually looking for additional space because of the uh, growth and development we've experienced over the last few years. So when I came into Retech, you, you know, there were some issues, some challenges that the uh, company was facing. We've overcome those and we've certainly moved in a good direction. And then prior to Retech, I was with uh, Mezzo Minerals. I worked with Mezzo Minerals for about 13 years. I was uh, moved through various uh, positions there. My last position for the last seven years was the uh, vice president of ETO, which was the engineered to order uh, group. I was responsible for four different divisions on a global basis and increased that business from about 150 uh, million euros to about 250 million euros a year. And it became the uh, second most profitable division within Metso. And this opportunity came along and it was a different challenge, something different at the time. And that's what piqued my interest here. Great, great, very good, very good. Thank you. And we're gonna come back. Uh, the next question will be, tell us a little bit about the business and the markets that you're in and things of that sort. So we'll come back to back to each of you on this. But Marcus, I wanna jump over to you. By the way, I should just mention, Earl is in Buffalo, Marcus is in Florida because somebody <laughs> had to go, right? I mean, somebody had to be there. Um, somebody did, they had to go. 
So, uh, so Marcus, Managing Director of SECO Warwick, tell us just briefly about yourself and background. Um, I've been with SECO for nine months now, uh, came on board uh, at the end of uh, June, basically looking at uh, reestablishing the SECO Warwick footprint in Meadville uh, with doing manufacturing. So that's, that's a work in process right now, and uh, I guess rebuilding the team. So we have a considerable amount of folks that are looking at retirement and uh, trying to pass on some of that legacy uh, knowledge uh, to, to some new people uh, to spur uh, additional growth of the business. Uh, prior to SECO, um, I worked for Carpenter Technologies for three years, uh, metal manufacturing for specialty alloys. Prior to that, I did two greenfields, one for Orlicon Metco and one for Wyman Gordon PCC company. And both of those were powder atomization uh, materials. So uh, a lot of end use more so than actually manufacturing of the equipment. So uh, that's that's basically my background. That gives you a good, that gives you a good, good foothold though in understanding what people want from equipment. So that's, that's, that's great. Yes, definitely. Uh, yeah. All right, and then last but not least, Peter Zawistowski, what about you? You're in Meadville right now too, I think. I'm in Meadville right now, correct. It's hard to say for how long I am with Seco Warwick. I believe like 20 years officially, but uh, to be honest, since I remember I was around vacuum furnaces. So there is a there is a job that I was born inside the Seco vacuum furnace. So that's how long I was, uh, I was in the company. And uh, I went through like several different positions. I was a field service engineer. I was in engineering in sales. Currently, I am managing Seco uh, Vacuum here in the US, and we are responsible for our vacuum furnaces uh, for North America, which is US, uh, US, Canada, and Mexico. I am in the US for eleven years already, so the time is uh, uh, time is running. And uh, yeah, that's all about myself. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, and. Uh... For those who don't know, I think most people would, would know this, but maybe some don't. The global headquarters for the SECO group is in Poland. Uh, Peter actually comes from there. You have relocated yes, your yes, family. Yes. You've been, been yes. in the States now for how long? For quite some time. I think it's 10 and a half years or 11. So uh, yeah. quite some time already. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so Peter's kind of that, the link if you will, not the only link, but on this interview, you're the you're the link back to uh, Poland, which we will talk about just briefly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so guys, second question here. Uh, I don't want you to go into necessarily new technologies, okay? Because we're going to deal with that separately. But for those who might not know, can you just briefly give uh, a a snapshot of the markets that you serve and the products that you supply, just so they know? And then uh, why don't we do this? Peter, we'll start with you. Back to Marcus, and then Earl will end with you on this one. So, so basically, markets and products. Mm -hmm. From the product perspective, it's uh, fifty percent of our, our our products are single chamber furnaces, uh, standard uh, from uh, two bar up to twenty five high pressure gas quench uh, uh, furnaces, moly graphite. So this is fifty percent. And then uh, the next uh, would be vacuum uh, oil quench furnaces, which uh, we have developed a new uh, new uh, new design of those furnaces, I believe like 15 or 20 years ago. And this is when uh, I think we are leading the market. I believe the competition is like five to 10 years behind us uh, in this product. Then 
uh, we have uh, uh, a lot of new development or the new products like PTLPC, like 4D quench, uh, which is like a single piece, uh, single piece quenching. And we are always looking for some custom, uh, custom yeah. projects. Uh, we like those. We are not afraid of those, and we we can do them. Yeah. So, so in the in a nutshell, you're basically the Seco Vacuum Technologies is dealing primarily with vacuum heat treat furnaces. Vacuum heat treat furnaces, and, correct. And all things around that, including any type of specials, customs, and things of that sort. But that's where the that's where your your strengths are. Okay. So, uh, Marcus, how about Seco Warwick Corp? Well, Seco Corp, uh, they have a pretty big uh, portfolio of equipment. So, I mean, right now. I know uh, a major view is on cab lines. We're seeing a lot of inquiries on the con uh, continuous or controlled uh, aluminum brazing process. Also, uh, aluminum processing equipment for annealing large coils of uh, aluminum or sheet and foil type aluminum. And then back to some of the roots is uh, atmospheric type furnaces. So roller hearse, you know, mesh belt, things of those sort. And th those are basically customized to the customer's preference. So um, we have a huge catalog. And as of late, um, we, we've sold some actual aluminum melting type furnaces. So large tilt melting furnaces. Yeah, reverb type furnaces. Okay, yeah, that's good. So, okay, Earl, let's go to you then. Less, last one. <laughs> last but not least. Yeah, not least. Uh, we supply vacuum melting equipment, uh, basically, uh, melting of metals and uh, alloys that are very high temperature melting. Our typical industries or markets are aerospace, medical, defense, and also uh, energy storage. Our primary furnace types, and it varies, uh, the electron beam uh, furnace, a PAM furnace, a VIM, which is vacuum induction melting in a bar, uh, we also have powder atomization technology, and then we have our melt spinner technology. Uh, but one area that I think is also a, a growing area for us is our R&D and toll melting, because we have a couple different furnaces we can operate. You have a lot of customers now who don't have the needs for an excessive amount of material, and they don't want to purchase a furnace, so they come to us asking us to melt for them a certain amount of material over the course of a month or a year. So, you know, we have a, a broad base of technologies that we can offer the market, which is good because some of the aerospace uh, work can be uh, cyclical in nature, but the other uh, furnaces and other options that we have make up for that. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. So Peter, we're talking vacuum heat treat. Uh, Marcus, we're talking primarily non-vacuum non-vacuum, let's say heat treat and aluminum, as well as uh, controlled atmosphere brazing. And then Earl, you're talking about really what they call metallurgy or the uh, vacuum vacuum melting, that type of stuff. Yes, mostly like there? titanium, uh, nickel, various alloys associated gotcha. with titanium and nickel. Gotcha. Let's, uh, Earl, I'm going to just follow up with you on it now because just the next question for all of you, though, um, you know, it, it's a broad, it's a broad brush. I mean, you guys all together, you're covering a lot of stuff, but even within your own companies, you can't always be the best at everything. I know you're going to say that you do, you are, but that's okay. <laughs> you can't always be the best at everything. Is there a technology in your specific company that you feel is really a, a, a strong suit, something you, you really feel comfortable doing? Not to say it's the only thing you do, but you really feel comfortable doing. 
You know, I'm going to highlight two different technologies. I think our PAM technology or, or plasma melting technology is uh, the best on the market. Uh, we have more installations of anybody out there, and all of our furnaces have basically satisfied their performance requirements. And then another area I'd like to just highlight is our powder technology. Uh, we've been a little bit behind some of our competitors in the market there, but we've really developed some good things that I think are going to provide opportunities for us in the market. And we have a number of customers coming to us to uh, look at those opportunities now. So I think those are probably the two uh, most unique or the best that we have to offer. Okay, great. Peter, how about, how about you guys? I know vacuum heat treating is a, it's a broad brush, right? I mean, is there, are there some specific things that you feel very, very good about as far as Seco vacuums uh, presence? Yeah, of course, our single chamber uh, vacuum furnaces are, I think, one of the best in the world currently. But uh, we also have some new products that uh, uh, right now we are trying to, to, to get to the market with them, especially our 4D quench system. So mm -hmm. this is a, a, a special system to vacuum carburize and then quench uh, the single single piece quench. So, so, so this is the unit that uh, right now uh, we are putting some uh, some furnaces here in the US, we are getting good references and we are getting great results. So I think that will be, in my opinion, that will be the year of 4D quench, uh, uh, 4D quench yeah. for us. So this is one. And also we are focused on LPC in general. So most our, or all of our furnaces are equipped uh, with LPC, which uh, I think finally the industry is moving to vacuum carburizing. And I can tell about it more later on, but I think that's the, that's the big focus right now uh, uh, with EasyCovac. Okay, great. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned about the 4D quench, which I'm somewhat familiar with. Uh, I've talked with some other guys. They say, you know, we really ought to be called in, in many areas in the heat treat area. We ought not, we ought to be focusing much more on quench than heating. Yes. Because to be quite honest, anybody can heat the thing up. But the real mm -hmm. key is, can you quench it? Especially when you're talking about surface hardening and things of that sort. Exactly. Right. And 4D quench, this is where we can uh, control the distortions to the level close to close Correct. to press quenching. So that's the that's the key to the to, to the success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Marcus, how about you? Uh, technologies that you're very comfortable with, you feel like you've got a leg up on the competitors with? I would say that uh, our cab lines are probably the best in the world. Now we have a lot of competitors that we're seeing pop up out of Asia, but I believe that we still hold the market share for that type of equipment. Uh, and it, and again, it's much like many of our other pieces of equipment. It is customized based upon what the customer really is needing to achieve along with production throughput. On uh, other things from an atmospheric standpoint, I would say that with the big push to reduce carbon footprint of uh, these manufacturers, that Seco still has the technology for their bayonet uh, electric heating processes, and uh, we're we're not we're not held up by somebody else supplying us with that type of product. We can build that in house and supply a very efficient furnace uh, when it comes to electric heating. So that that is a key for us. Yeah, yeah. How about I want to I want to hit on a, a market specifically and that's the aluminum market but any anything specifically there uh in the from seco orbit from from the aluminum market i think a lot of it's being leveraged over from uh from poland where we're starting to offer the vortex one and the 2.0 as that's being developed so that will be things that are options that we're going to introduce uh, along with predictive maintenance programs that have been developed out of poland which will leverage over to uh, some of our customers as well Okay, great. 
Okay, so now uh, what I want to do next, guys, is ask you about new technologies, okay? Things that either are currently commercialized or soon to be that you feel good about. And then after that, just kind of give you guys a preview. After that, I want to ask you about cooperation between the companies and things mm -hmm. of that sort, mm -hmm. okay? So, mm -hmm. Peter, why don't we start with you on this? I want to talk about, and we can dig a little bit deeper here, mm -hmm. okay? If you want to pick a, a one or maybe two. Uh, products that are quote unquote relatively new technologies that mm -hmm. you want to discuss. So what do you what do you think for vacuum technology? Well, we have quite a bit of new technologies, but I think I will try to uh, to um, tell you more about LPC and and uh, and what I think. So as I said, all our products are equipped with vacuum carburizing. And I think that this is uh, uh, this is where the industry is going right now. So with the current trend of uh, limiting carbon footprint and uh, you know sustainability, I know that in the U.S. maybe it's not that uh, uh, not that uh, uh, common right now, but uh, I'm sure you are aware that most of the big or all big European companies they will have to report carbon footprint from 2024. So if any of the U.S. company would like to do business with uh, with Europe, like with German automotive industry or Airbuses of of the world, uh, you'll have to do the same. So to do that, you have to limit uh, limit carbon footprint, and to do that, especially in carburizing, you have to switch technology. Right now, the most common uh, carburizing technology is, or, or equipment is integral quench IQ furnaces, and uh, you have to do something with it. So there will there is a need, and it will happen. Uh, that uh, uh, there will be a switch to low pressure carburizing, and this is where we can help. As I said, all our equipment is equipped with uh, with an option of uh, of LPC, and that's what uh, what we are focusing on right now. Mm -hmm. Great, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting to me the the influence of the carbon, the whole carbon question has had mm -hmm. on on companies and how how far down that's trickling if you will the trickle down event uh, uh, effect on that so earl how about you as far as new technologies things you're excited about yeah i think you know we have a number of different things that we're looking at and a lot of our furnaces are customized and you know through the r d trials that we do and the toll melting it helps us to develop new technologies as well but two areas i want to highlight our small scale atomizer uh, we put some time or effort into developing a small scale atomizer that's more like a lab type atomizer. I think the thing that's going to set ours apart is it's a little bit more robust than our competitors units and it has more uh, more capabilities than uh, those units, so you can melt different materials on it. So we're very eager to get uh, that out into the market and make our first sale, we think that we have a very good product there. And then the second one is our plasma gas atomizer. Uh, we do receive a lot of customer interest in this product right now. And the fact is that it, it, it's different than what's out in the market currently. A lot of the stuff that's on the market as far as powder and atomization is a batch process. The yields aren't great. And we believe the plasma gas atomizer will increase yields. Uh, it allows ongoing melting. And uh, I think it's going to provide a lot of options to uh, customers who have who have the need for uh, a more robust process as far as their powder production. So we're really excited about both of those and getting those out into the market. I'm going to take a stab at this that 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 first product that you were talking about is that is is a good bit of that driven by the AM market, 3D printing, or are people, or is that not the case? 
You know, it's driven by that, but you have a lot of uh, customers and a lot of universities who want to do things on a smaller scale, more on the, more on the, I would say the trial uh, okay. uh, basis and not invest a significant amount of money till they see the technology that yeah. they have is going to work or the, the products that they're developing. So I, I think there's a real need for that. I think there's a need for something more robust than what's out on the market. So so for I prototyping and things of that sort, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Exactly. All right. Great. Thank you, Marcus. How about how about you? New technologies. New technologies, as you brought up once before, on the aluminum processing is definitely the uh, the Vortex 2.0. So I do believe there's three of the systems that were sold uh, recently and have not been fully commissioned at this time. But um, I think this is really going to give us an upper hand on how we go about uh, heating our materials on an efficiency standpoint, especially when we're looking at, and again, we keep bringing up the carbon footprint and uh, how we're going about uh, processing our materials. So that is, it is very, very key as far as uh, that is concerned. Um, outside of that, I mean, we have some technologies that have been out into the market that we now offer in our equipment, but th those are basically on a customer preference more so than, uh, than something that is going to be a, a staple or a standard on all of our equipment. When we return, we'll hear from Earl, Marcus, and Peter about what they think makes it possible for all three companies to operate with Synergy and how the leadership and North American initiatives work given the European home base. But first, a word from our sponsor. Since the early 1990s, Seco Warwick Group has been creating new technologies and growing around the world. While the company is always thinking globally, it is also acting locally. In North America, the group is a fusion of three brands, Seco Warwick USA, Seco Vacuum, and Retech. Founded in 1984, Seco Warwick USA focuses on two thermal disciplines aluminum melting, heat treating, and brazing technologies on the one hand, and atmosphere heat treatment systems on the other. The division also supports an installed base with comprehensive aftermarket services. Started in Meadville, Pennsylvania in 2017, Seco Vacuum has grown into an industry leader, offering breakthrough vacuum heat treating technologies designed to integrate with the factory of the future. All feature environmentally friendly operations with zero CO2 emissions. Since its beginning in 1963, Retech has become an established leader in vacuum metallurgical technologies for specialty steels, non-reactive, and refractory materials. Retech manufactures and tests all of its furnaces in its Buffalo, New York plant for customers all over the world. Count on Seco Warwick Group for the best technology for your thermal processing applications. Now, back to the episode. When you're talking about uh, heat treating, thermal processing technologies companies around the globe, okay, broadly speaking, there are very few, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I can think of probably less than five, who have the breadth of capabilities from everything from atomizing, vacuum arc, arc melting, heat treating, vacuum heat treating, air atmosphere heat treating. Uh, you know, you guys have got a, you're painting with a pretty broad brush here, right? I think that's the, and that technology probably has some synergies in the sense that all of you can work together and you kind of know what the other guys are doing somewhat. So having said that, you three seem to get along pretty well. 
So how do you cooperate? I guess my question is, how do you cooperate? Do you find it beneficial? Uh, is it helpful that you've got the three separate companies working together? Earl, why don't, why don't we go to you on that? Uh, you know, tell you know, us about I, how they work together. I, I think, you know, I, in my opinion, we haven't worked great in the past during my uh, previous years here. I think we have the opportunity. The group of us does get along, as you pointed out. I think we have the opportunity to work together much more as we move forward. And we started to do that with some different areas. We're looking for uh, a facility right now to spread out our U.S. footprint as far as manufacturing and assembly. Uh, I think it'll be a, a, you know, a facility that's shared and where we all do work there. But I think you know, we do have the opportunity. Each of us brings a different set of uh, uh, skills and talents to the, you know, to the industry. And I think we have the opportunity to leverage some of those to the benefit of the whole. And I think, you know, you have a lot of customers right now are looking for products made in the U.S. who are U.S. customers. And I think, you know, we're, we're going to be in a good position to service that market. And I think all of us are in uh, positions where we've seen our businesses start to grow and uh, improve. So I think it gives us a, a great opportunity as we move forward to work together. That's good. That's good. So Marcus, you're relatively, you're relatively newcomer. You're not exactly, you know, brand spanking new or anything, but you're the newcomer between the three of them. How do you see that the, the three companies working together? Has it been beneficial? I think at this point in time, I mean, really, it, it is beneficial because it, uh, with the collaboration between all three of us and our different businesses, we're able to support one another, especially from a technology aspect, or if there are questions, you have an outreach program that uh, we're really open to work with each other. So I think that is key. And also, like Earl said, uh, you know, we're all looking to expand. And uh, for, for Seco Corp, we're looking at doing uh, an expansion and still retain the offices in Meadville, but also look for another location to be able just to give us a little bit more bandwidth. But uh, that's, that's, that's still to be seen. And also we're seeing heavy, uh, for, for my group, we're looking at a lot of uh, operations happening in Mexico. So I think that's something that we really need to look at from a supportive aspect. But us being three businesses relatively close to one another, I think it's overall beneficial for all of us. Yeah. Peter, you concur? Oh, yeah, for sure. And then it's not only beneficial for us, but I think it's beneficial for our customers because uh, uh, I will give you an example. We have a project right now that uh, Erl is offering a furnace and uh, my equipment is like auxiliary equipment to, to, uh, to his. So, so we can offer that full package to the customer and we have expertise uh, you know, across the three companies that we can pretty much support uh, support and provide all what is needed to, to, to the customers. I think that's a big benefit as well. Yeah. So a couple of you mentioned this earlier and I want to I want to just kind of uh, expand on this right now. Uh, who would like to take the question about manufacturing in the U.S.? And the, how it's been in the past, and what the what the future plans are, you guys can fight over that one. I can throw a couple comments out at that. <laughs> I mean, our, our past manufacturing in the U.S. was done out in Ukiah uh, for Retech specifically, and Ukiah is a great place for uh, wineries and vineyards, but maybe not an industrial furnace manufacturer, to be honest. So uh, originally. You know, there was a desire for us to leave all manufacturing and assembly in the United States by the uh, past CEO. And then we found this facility here in Buffalo and the new C CEO, Slavomir Bosniak, said, hey, could you guys do some uh, manufacturing and assembly here? 
And I said, yeah, I, I think my chin hit the floor. I was drooling because I thought it was exactly what we needed. And, you know, we have the uh, 40,000 square foot facility here. We filled it up already. And I think, you know, we have a customer base that's looking to have more manufactured and assembled here in the U.S. And I think the benefit of having additional manufacturing and assembly with what we have in uh, within Retech, within Poland, within some of the other areas, China and India, I think it gives us uh, a way to support all of our customers' needs because you have some customers looking for low price options. You have some that, you know, as I said, want things built here in the U.S. as we become uh, maybe less globalized and more uh, centralized as far as focus. So I think we're going to be able to support all those different needs for our customers and do it well. Yeah. Uh, Peter, how about you? Because I know there's been discussion in the market regarding uh, manufacturing of vacuum furnaces and things of that sort. Care to comment? We are, we are looking to, to start uh, to manufacture, assemble vacuum furnaces here in the U.S. And uh, um, as El said before, we had our facility in Ukiah, we had our facility in Midville. So we had like two or three companies in the U.S. and uh, we're doing it in different places right now. We would like to consolidate and just use, to, you know, leverage the fact that we have three companies uh, here in the U.S. And it's not only about manufacturing. We also are thinking about bringing some R&D uh, activities uh, uh, here, here to the U.S. because I think that more often uh, right now we sell technology, not the furnace. So we, we would like to be able to provide that service to our customers as well here, here in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. And Marcus, how about you as far as, uh, um, you know, the, the manufacturing? Yeah. So manufacturing, that was part of uh, part of the deal of me coming on to Seco is really to reestablish what was being done, whether or not it, it makes sense to do full blown manufacturing, because that's a huge capital expense up front. And then, of course, you know, training people to actually be able to do the processes. It makes more sense for us to actually do sub-assemblies or manufacturing of uh, maybe smaller uh, at, a, at a smaller part of uh of, of what we're looking at as far as the equipment and being very specialized on what we do manufacture and leave the larger projects up either internally or external. Um, as you said, we can't be really good at everything we do. So we'll pick and choose what we're really good at and just exploit it from that point and then grow. All right. All right. When we talk, uh, thanks. That, that's good, Mark. Appreciate that. That the when we talk about manufacturing, the one thing, and again, you guys have mentioned a little bit. One thing I think about is supply chain. You know, I mean, it's uh, there's been obviously you know major supply chain disruptions over in the last couple of years. Can you address uh, supply chain issues generally speaking for each of your businesses? Are you are you seeing any difficulties and how much is this perhaps this whole move to want to manufacture, maybe consolidate some manufacturing in the U.S. driven by uh, the threat of supply chain issues? Well, uh, Pete, yeah, Marcus, go ahead, please. Seeing that you were just on with that, with that, I mean, that is that is part of the directive, right, is to can try to be able to control our supply chain, also have a better control of when we're able to deliver equipment. I mean, that's key for most of the customers that put in the orders. Yeah. They want lead time, more so than price, they want lead time. Yeah. Um, where we're seeing the impact for our, our pieces of equipment 
are definitively PLC systems. Outside of that, we don't see much of a disruption, maybe with some high nickel product that we use in our bayonet uh, heaters. Outside of that, it's, it's restricted to those two items. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not having a lot of supply chain issues at this point. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Peter or Earl, how about you? Supply chain? Yeah, supply chain. I think it's uh, we can see it's getting better, but it's not only supply chain. It's only like a transport cost and uh, uh, and uh, and time. So uh, when uh, uh, right now we would like to ship the the, the equipment, you know, from overseas, it's uh, twice mm -hmm. as much money and twice as much time, and that's also another problem that we we would like yeah. to address. Yeah, yeah, Earl. You know, I think the supply chain varies. I mean. What's kind of unusual in the market right now is, you know, you have a project where part of the supply chain works well, the other part maybe not so well. On the next project, it's just the exact opposite. So, you know, I, <laughs> yeah. the feedback I get from a lot of the suppliers and even some of our customers is that they still have a difficult time finding people. And, you know, when you don't have the people, it's hard to deliver. But uh, generally things are improving and hopefully they continue to go in that direction and you know the electronic uh plc control type uh technology that's where we see the biggest delays as marcus has indicated and you know it, that's an area that is uh not showing signs of getting better right now but you know i think as some of these chip manufacturing facilities come online you'll see a big improvement there so we're talking about how the kind of how the three companies work together and things of that sort. So, Peter, I want to direct this question directly to, to you, and that is about the upper management in Poland and their support of the North American marketplace. How, how would you categorize their vision and their their support of what's going on here? Yeah, so uh, the expansion in, in North America is uh, one of the primary goals uh, on the group level uh, right now. So all of us, we are getting a, a lot of support from uh, uh, from the group management. Uh, and this is uh, kind of the way the, 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 the new the philosophy of the company. So we have companies in India, we have companies in China, in the US. And that's why we have companies on local markets, because they understand that market the best. So, so that autonomy, in my opinion, is very important. And uh, yeah, you, you 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 characterize the the uh, presence in uh, Europe as being supportive, but not not you know not micromanaging, right? They're giving giving you freedom, right. giving you some some uh, goals to hit, and say go yeah. ahead, boys. Yeah, there is a there is a direction we all we all follow, but yes, we have a lot of freedom and, and autonomy. Yeah. In the US. yeah, yeah, yeah. Earl, Earl, anything to add to that, or Marcus, either. As far as upper upper management support, I think the uh, support's been great. I think you know we are given a lot of flexibility as far as you know how we go about our business and operating it. And I think there's uh, definitely a desire to see us grow in the U.S. And you know I, I think they'll give us the uh, tools and uh, the technology, the ability to do so. And I think there is a, a tremendous opportunity for all of us to uh, you know grow in the U.S. Right. Marcus, a hard question for you, maybe. Okay, just not not that it's harder for you than anybody else, but uh, I'm just going to throw a hard question at you. Some people in North America will say that it's going to be very difficult for Seco Warwick, whether any any one of these three companies, not just Seco Warwick Corp, but Seco Vacuum or or uh, Retech, to survive in the North American market because they have a global headquarters in Europe or outside the United States. What do you what do you say to people that would say that? 
I, I would definitely tell them that's that's untrue. So this is actually the second company I've worked with that uh, or for that has most of their operations in Europe, be it Poland or Germany. So those were the yeah. two. Uh, both of the companies to me have been very, very successful at basically going out and giving their footprint in the industry and in the marketplace and actually giving a piece of equipment or equipments depending on the technologies that is far superior than what our, 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 our competitors have. So as far as being able to go into uh, North America, yeah, there's directives, there's things you have to follow that's with all corporations. And at that point, they might want others to believe that by saying that we won't be successful because we're European driven, that that's very untrue because as Peter had said, um, we have a lot of autonomy to run the business. We have objectives, we have KPIs that we have to hit. There, there's also the major idealism is to be profitable and have quality product. So with those, it's easy to drive a business to be successful. Doesn't matter yeah. where it's managed from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Peter so, or Earl? Maybe I'll add to it. So my main competitor in vacuum heat treating has a headquarter in Germany and nobody seems to care. So uh, so it's I think it's normal. Yeah. So we have, we, we have a big presence here in the US and that's all that matters. Yeah. You know, I, I think I would add that our uh, competitors try to push that, you know, our headquarters is in Poland and, you know, maybe their products aren't as good. But, you know, I'm a firm believer that if you deliver a good product, you deliver it on time, and you start it up and it starts up well and you take care of your customer, it doesn't matter where your headquarters is. The customers are gonna find you, they're gonna enjoy the experience, they're gonna come back to you. And we're seeing a lot of our customers uh, come back to us for additional equipment stuff. So I think you know that they can, our competitors can push that all they want, but the reality of it is if you deliver on your customer's needs, you're gonna have success. Good, all right. Two more quick questions. All right. I don't know how I don't know how quick the answers will be, but two more quick questions. If you Earl, we'll start with you, then go to Marcus, then Peter on this one. So future, the future of your specific company in North America. What are you optimistic about? That's a, that's a broad <laughs> that's a broad-based question. But you know, yeah, we, we had a very good year in 2022. I think we're headed to a very good year in 2023. And our focus is on continuing to grow, continuing to develop products for the market that the market needs and wants. And you know, I think we have some good things that we're working on in R&D. So I, I'm very optimistic about our future and about the direction that we're headed. I think that we're uh we're on the right path and doing a lot of the right things. Good, good. Marcus, how about you on Seco Warwick Corp? With Corp, I mean, we closed the year out uh, with a very large sale. So um, that's continuing into uh, 2023 where we have a growing backlog, which is good because that that's just showing that we're continuing to service the industry and also giving quality equipment. So I don't foresee that diminishing at all. I just see that actually growing as we support one another. That's that's the best way to continue uh, on our paths. That's for sure. Great. Peter, how about you? Yeah, so to continue to grow and uh, I see a big opportunity for us in the US and the uh, Seco Vacuum is fairly you know young company so it's uh, five and a half years already and uh, and uh, yeah we would just I think we would like to and we will get more market market share by having satisfied customers yeah, yeah. great what is it personally to you 
that is most exciting about what you're doing in the market right now? I'm not necessarily, I'm not looking for necessarily for a, a sales pitch on the company and things of that sort. What it, it, and maybe you don't have anything you enjoy. In that case, you just say, you know what, this is a boring job. I don't really have anything to say here. But what is it personally for you that you enjoy? What what makes you, what gets you excited to get you up for work every day? Marcus, if you don't mind, we'll start with you and then Earl and Peter. For me, what makes me excited? I I, I guess I'm a workaholic. So uh, <laughs> so that it really it really helps. I mean, because I'm on vacation right now. So here I am. Yeah. I'm working. I've been doing emails. I mean, that's just part of the business, right? Yeah. But for me, it's it's really, I guess putting the bridges back in place that should have always been there that deteriorated just through the history of SQL Corp along with uh, SWSA and, and really growing the label because all I've heard is negativity. And what that negativity does to me is actually drives me to make the business better. And mm -hmm. really that's it. It's, it's, it's more personal than it is for a corporate thing. Cause I like proving people wrong. So I mean, that's <laughs> what drives go. me. That's you what drives yeah. me. Yeah. You don't think I can do this? I just sit back and watch. Okay. <laughs> just, just watch. That yeah. sounds good. Earl, how about you? What's, what's energizing? You know, I, I think the ener energy comes from the fact that we've made tremendous progress over the last five plus years. We've seen retech, uh, uh, kind of change our image in the market. There were definitely issues and problems. I think we've we've done that. And the fact that we see customers coming back to us with repeat orders, that indicates that we are delivering to our customers, to meeting their needs and satisfying them. And I always say, if you go above and beyond the customer's expectations, everything else takes care of itself. And I think that's, you know, that's kind of where I'd like to leave it. You know, yeah. I, I think good. we've made great progress and I see good things in our future as well. Super, super. Peter, how about you? So I personally, I like the fact that every day is different and every customer is different. So one day I talked to the heat treater, you know, he needs a furnace to heat treat nuts and bolts, you know, next day, you know, we help to develop new powertrain for a helicopter or we help uh, you know, to set up a reactor for new fusion energy. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's any other... Uh, any other uh, industry or any anything else than heat treating that you can actually touch uh, a yeah. number of different industries and that's that's what i personally like and what yeah yeah. Every day. yeah yeah that variety is nice i must say that's yeah. that's good thank you so much that was that was great you did wonderful uh we will put up on the screen probably contact information for each of your companies and, and things of that sort but really appreciate the time you spent with us here today so thanks very much Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode with Seco Warwick Group North American Company's Managing Directors, Earl Good, Marcus Lord, and Peter Zawistowski. Give Heat Treat Radio a five-star review or a like on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Podbean, or the website www.heattreattoday.com forward slash radio. If you'd like to learn more about the three companies, head over to their websites, www.secowarwick.com www.secovacusa.com and www.retechsystemsllc.com. Do you have a new or interesting idea that you want to hear discussed on Heat Treat Radio? If so, let me know. Also, if you'd like to sponsor a future episode, let me know at bethany at heattreattoday.com. Heat Treat Radio would like to thank Seco Warwick Group for sponsoring this episode. 
Get the best technology for your thermal processing applications when you go to www.seekowarwick.com. This and every other episode of Heat Treat Radio is the sole property of Heat Treat Today and may not be reproduced in part or in whole without advanced written permission from Heat Treat Today. And I'm Bethany Leone. Thank you for listening. Thank you.